Hello, I hope you're feeling happy, you're feeling healthy and rejuvenated. Today's episode is with my kindred spirit, Kelsey Gowdy. She packs in so much wisdom in this episode. It's truly a masterclass, as the title suggests, on friendship, how to make a friend, how to be a friend. And as we get older, it becomes difficult a lot of times to continue making friendships. And Kelsey is an expert on doing so. So Kelsey is going to share with us how she does this. And we also retrace our year old travels and she talks about sustainability as well as falling in love. And we all love a good love story. I know I do. So thanks for being here. I present to you one of the loves of my life, Kelsey Gowdy. I'm Kiko Roy-Carey, and this is A Colorful Life. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, Kiko. <laughs> okay, so I'm like really geeking out right now because, of course, I'm sure anyone who's listening to this and knows me and knows you, they mm. have probably expected that Kelsey Gowdy <laughs> would pop up at some episode <laughs> and it feels probably like a long time coming since this is probably I think like the 15th episode and I know your mom is listening to this and mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god Kelsey I love it so hi Miss Gowdy, <laughs> Gowdy. oh Kiko I am so excited I'm just like stoked out of my mind <laughs> to have this conversation well Kelsey my kindred my Dear friend, I mean, I think when we met back in university, I've said to you that you were the friend that I always wanted oh. in my childhood <laughs> and that I dreamed of having. Like the friends that you see in the movies, like th- mm-hmm. that type of friend. And so I'm just so, I'm going to say it a million times, I'm just so thrilled to be able to share this this space with you right now. Ooh, right back at you, Kiko. It's, you are a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> So where are you, Kelsey? Uh, where are you talking to us from? I am talking to you from sunny Phoenix, Arizona, where it's a brisk 111 degrees outside. So what is this North Carolina gal doing in Phoenix, Arizona? Oh, uh, good question. Um, well, I made my way out here after I graduated from my master's at Wake Forest. I wanted a job in sustainability, found one at ASU, applied. And a few months later, I got it. And I actually was with you when I decided to take it in Korea because uh, we were, I was like, I want to change my life. And we were, I was visiting you in Korea and you were like, yeah, go for it. Go to Arizona. It's close to California. Sure. Why not? And then I remember on the flight back, I was like, okay, am I going to do this or not? And it's like, I don't know, five in the morning and the sun is rising. Like I'm on the window seat and I look at the plane and the sky looks like what I imagined Arizona, like the colors. And I was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to move to this place I've never been to. (laughs) I don't know anybody and I'm just going to do it. And now I've been here for over five years. I met the love of my life and and yeah, I'm ready to see what's next. I don't think I remembered that maybe out of all the stuff that happened, but yeah. in Korea, when you had accepted the job position, because when you were in Korea, you were still living in NC and you were doing an internship. I think yep. you were working an internship. Okay. Yeah. I was at Haynes and I was living in Winston-Salem. Yeah. Wow. Like, Let's change things up. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, 
let's rewind all the way back. We'll come back towards the end of this of how and where you are in this season of your life. But the story of us begins in a little mountain town, North Carolina. Yes, we met while we were in the same dance piece. And I remember just like hanging out or maybe it was like before the class or like after people were standing around in chat. And then I don't know if you asked if we should get dinner or like, I was like, let's get dinner. But like we went and got dinner. And then from then on, we were like fast friends and <laughs> we just never stopped. And then you introduced like the kindred spirit. I was like, yeah, that's what we are. Yeah. <laughs> I want to add so we went to go get dinner, and then on our way back to dinner, we realized we were heading oh, yes. to the same door. <laughs> I forgot, because we got to say, oh, it was so great to, like, I'm glad we did this, like, let's do it again. And then we're walking the same way, and we're like, where are you going? Where are you going? And we were going to the same dorm. <laughs> you literally, you lit, you were two floors above me. Yeah. <laughs> we lived in the same dorm this whole time and had no idea. And that yeah, was yeah. for half of a year, uh, a whole semester. So I just want to pause right now and just say how your person, whoever it is, could be right there in front of you. Like you could literally be living parallel lives, going mm-hmm. home at the same apartment building or at the same oh. dorm and have no idea. And it's just the moments of intersection of how you come to know of each other's existence. Mm-hmm. And it happened for us through a dance piece yeah and then that was the beginning of the beginning of it all (laughs) (laughs) so what is it Kelsey that you remember about that time I think there's so much that happened in university and the past guests that I've had on like Tamara and Gonzalo who were our international circle of friends and they're all connected somehow in the episode with Samara she talks about her roommates and you were one of her roommates and she talks about how she met me at the dance piece that we're talking Mm -hmm. about right now and so it's all coming together just always been curious because you are someone that has so many friends but friends that are actually friends like not just acquaintances you know what I mean and I I remember that part of you in university as well, that you had so many friends, but I noticed that you had deep relationships with all of them. And so I kind of want to give a little insight here or for people listening about you, Kelsey, like where did that come from where relationships were kind of like the center of your world in a lot of aspects? Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. I really, I don't know how it worked out this way that I got so, I don't know, lucky that I met all the right people at all the right times. And I think it's just, I would recognize when I would meet someone that I would connect with so well. And I'm like, oh, I want to be their friend. So I'd be very intentional about it, of staying connected with them and not being like, should I, well, I guess I was, <laughs> you know, college was just like such a funny time because I definitely was coming out of high school where I was a person that would like blush if you talk to me. <laughs> even though I was a cheerleader and I did like competitions, like it was just funny. I was, a, I was just like all sorts of oxymorons. And then still in college, I still had a little bit of shyness. I just loved meeting and connecting with like all my girlfriends. Um, I feel like that girls were easier to connect with <laughs> and stuff. And so just making so many friends, I, I like try to think of how it happened. I mean, I think it 
was like the people I met and the way I would intentionally go to these groups, like doing the dance performances, I would try to connect with people there. And I think the way I made the most friends though was through the Asian Student Association (laughs) was because Sam was just like such a good like connector of people. And she just made it easy for people to feel like they could meet each other and not feel awkward. And then just making friends through that. And then I remember you joined like not so not long after we met (laughs) and then we all just became friends. And uh, yeah, I think it's just a mixed bag of being at the right time and being willing and ready to be connected to people and then really being genuine and making an effort, (laughs) letting people know I want to be their friend. Kelsey, you make it sound so easy though. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Kiko, I really, I don't, I think it's, oh, this is what it is. I think I have a very, a demeanor that's not very like confronting. So people feel relaxed around me. So if they feel like I feel like connect with them, they feel like they connect with me. I feel like we can make a friendship pretty fast where I feel like sometimes people are like, oh, I don't know this person likes me. I'm kind of like a golden retriever. People are like, this girl likes me. <laughs> And then it's like up to them if they want to be my friend. And I'm like, yes, like I want to be your friend. Like, let's do this. <laughs> oh, Kathy, that's so sweet, but it's so true. I've never heard you put it that way, but I think that's the perfect explanation of like your, your disposition because that's how I felt about you. And, you know, this is so funny because as you were talking and I was thinking about our early days of our friendship and how. I would just come, you always left your, your dorm unlocked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if my roommate at the time liked that, but. <laughs> so I would just knock on the door and sometimes you wouldn't be there. I'd like open the door. I'm like, well, I guess Kelsey's at home. So I gotta leave. But then when you were there, you were just always like, yeah, sure. Come in. You say that you're, you're shy, that you were shy or you were very bashful, but you were always your whole self. And I think that is what really attracted me to you because I would come to your dorm and you'd be like writing in your journal or Mm -hmm. you'd just be making some tea or some type of potion. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Kiki, do you want some tea? And then I'm like, Kelsey, what are you doing? What are you writing about? And you would literally share like, oh yeah, you could read it. This is what I'm writing about. Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Like this bear, this man, he's the bear that I'm watching. One day I'm going to tell him how I feel about him or something or something (laughs) super rant, like random stuff. And I read it and we would talk about it. And I would think, wow, this girl's like me. Like (laughs) she's, uh, (laughs) she's a lot of feelings and a lot of of feelings. Yeah. I I feel at home. It just such a romantic about everything. I think that's also like why I love friends because I'm just connecting with people. There's such a romantic idea about it. of like chatting with people, figuring out their life story, sharing mine. And this is definitely my experience in college. Just meeting people. You're like, oh, we're going to be friends. So let's share our life story now. We've known <laughs> each other for 10 minutes. Like, let's do it. <laughs> Are there people that you don't like? <laughs> I remember you're like, wait, what? basically your disposition is I'm open. If someone mm-hmm. wants to be friends with me, then yeah, I'm here to be a friend. The onus is on them. Is there ever <laughs> someone that gives you like mm, vibes? Like, I don't know about them. Oh or- my gosh. I mean, yes, definitely. But see, the thing is, when I don't want someone in my life, I live just like block them out of my life because I can't remember. Like, I know there are people that probably rub me the wrong way. I just wouldn't go out of my way. Yeah, I would just never go out of my way to connect with them or get to know them. I just be like, oh, cool, you're doing that. All right, bye. Like, you know, I don't know. Uh, 
yeah, like I'm very intentional about the people I want in my lives. And yeah, if I feel like I've never had enough, I've always valued time. And so I never want to put my time towards people that I have no interest in, or like they just, I, I get red flags from them. So I'm like, I'm just not putting my, I'm not putting my time towards them. So they, they might give me some of their time, but I'm like, I'm not giving you any of mine. (laughs) Like here's, here's the line (laughs) kind of thing. I think that's such an important point and also to recognize because time is so valuable. It's Mm -hmm. a commodity that is very limited for all of us. So for people listening and because a lot of people are not like you, Kelsey, where (laughs) they just have an abundance of really healthy or um, vibrant relationships or friendships. And some Mm -hmm. people are like super introverted and you are almost as extroverted as it comes, <laughs> which I'm not putting that on you. You will say that even yourself, yeah. that you're, you're such I an like thrive in big groups of friends. Yeah. Not just strangers, but friends. Yeah. Because you have different people in your life who are experts in certain areas and you're definitely an expert on <laughs> how to maintain relationships. You, friends are your hobby. Those are literally, yeah. that's literally, literally what you say. Yeah. <laughs> what are some key things in people, maybe because everyone has different things they, that they value in, in the people in their life. But what are some key, maybe not red flags, but the opposite of that, like mm. key attributes and people when you meet them mm. that kind of give you the vibe that, okay, this could be something good. And then on the flip side, um, you mentioned that you are very protective of your time and who you give it to. So then what would be the opposite of that mm. of red flag, I guess? I guess like the thing that comes to mind first is just, like I love people that are curious and I think of like all my friends and all how different all of them are, the different careers they've have, the different like lifestyles or like religions and all these different backgrounds. But I think the commonalities are they're genuine people. They're, they are themselves. They're not going to change themselves for other people. And they're curious about other people and they're respectful of other people. So they're not going to say like, oh, because you're not like me, like I can't be your friend kind of thing. And so I feel like that's definitely all green flags. I think of like all the people I met at app and the people I'm still connected to that I met at app are those type of people, genuine, curious, authentic, definitely all seem to like love to travel. (laughs) And if not just like internationally, domestically and like want to see things. And then like, I think about my oldest friends and they're very much like that too. Like they all have different jobs and we've, the way we've maintained our friendship over the years, despite that we're completely different people when we initially became friends is that we just have this love for each other and we want to see each other grow and change. We don't want anyone to be stagnant and stay the same. And so I feel like that's the friendships that I've been able to maintain. And those are those green flags. It's because when people, it is a red flag if someone's like, oh, you're so different than what, like how you used to be. It's like, no, you should be different than how you used to be. We're all growing. We're changing. I think anything with like red flag people, I like it, it's almost, I don't even know how to say it. Cause it could just be like their demeanor. Cause I feel like some people are always trying to get like, make friendship and it can exchange. So what's your job? Oh, what do you do? Oh, okay. Then like, maybe I want to connect with you. It's like, oh wait, your job's not that interesting to me. So like, never mind. I'm going to kind of like give you a cold shoulder. And so like, I've definitely encountered people like that. I'm like, okay, like I'm, I don't really want to connect with them. Um, there's someone that's like, they're kind of trying to use their friendships as a, like almost like networking. They're trying to, they're just using it as a way to how they can better themselves in like their career or something like that. And they're, that's fine. If people want to be that way, that that's just not, that's just not who I am. So 
Thank you for sharing that, Kelsey. I think there's a lot in there that we could pull out, but what stood out to me was how you said the kind of the thread that has knit your friendships together throughout this time is that you have a mutual respect for your own diversity as Mm. well as like diversity in thought, like in Mm. just experience, but the fact that you can change because as you grow older, especially through your friendships that are very long, of course, you're not going to be the same person you were when you were like 13, right? (laughs) So, or, you know, 20 to 30. So you really do have to value the, the change and the growth Mm -hmm. in, in the person. And I think that is something that is super undervalued, (laughs) I think, in society in general, right? And one thing I would say about you, Kelsey, is that you are a cheerleader through and through. So whatever any friend is doing as far as growth, an exciting project, or got a new job, promotion, started a family, whatever it is, like Hmm. you are there to cheer them on. And that speaks to what you were just saying about really um, encouraging that growth and really looking for that in your relationships that, Mm -hmm. that continue kind of symbiotic relationship of both loving each other in the way Mm -hmm. that you support each other. And I think that is brilliant. And anyone listening, um, as you think about your relationships, your friendships, even your family, how do you personally relate to them in the sense of really valuing the change that they display mm. throughout the period that you've known them? And does it make you feel jealous? Does it make you feel happy for them? Does it make you, maybe sometimes they didn't change in the best way. And so that might be uh, a sign that your relationship maybe has run its course. Which also, I'm curious, has it ever happened to you in a friendship where you now I think about it, that um, you've noticed that, I can say for myself, I've noticed that in some past friendships, that someone has changed, not necessarily in a way that suits your your current perspective or lifestyle. And it, it was just the season of that friendship had mm-hmm. kind of ran its course. Has that ever happened? I, I would think so. Like it has... Um... And I think definitely in the past, it wasn't intentional. Well, it was kind of like a drifting and I'm like, oh, I'm no longer really connected to that person. And then I would be like, oh, maybe that's for the better looking back on it. But I think now in my life, I definitely am more intentional about like, oh, like that person was really good in that point in my life. And I really value that time that we had together. But now in our current like lives, I don't really like, it's just a different connection. And so maybe I, I probably don't reach out as like I used to. I think friends can be for a season. It hasn't happened often. The friends I've made definitely an app and, and like my oldest friends, I definitely have very strong intentions of staying connected, (laughs) but then, and then the friends I've made here in Arizona, like no matter where I go next, like I know I'm going to stay connected to them. Beautiful Kelsey. That also means you're going to live a long, healthy life because studies show, right? It is the health of your relationships that determine living into older age, that, that happiness factor in your life and reduces stress. So I completely agree. (laughs) I agree with the science. (laughs) Yeah. So Kelsey, okay. We, I would be remiss. I, I think I've mentioned this multiple times throughout my podcast episodes of how romantic relationships are so often valued as 
the something that we should all seek to attain, right? The, the height of what we want to reach in our life. But then there's that platonic friendship that in itself has so much romance in it, so mm-hmm. much life, so much, dy- such a dynamic within friendships and those platonic relationships. And you, Kelsey, that's where the kindred spirit came from at yeah. that term. <laughs> but where I really felt that I could be my whole self with the, the melodramatic. Yes. <laughs> I'm just tired, right? Or I'm just moody or mm-hmm. like, you know, makeup or no makeup or like whatever it is. And that as I get older, I realize so many people don't have that in their life. And that is something that I'm just so grateful for, like to have you in my life for that reason. But when we were at App State, it was, there was a lot of drama in the best way, in the best way. I think we were creating our own drama. drama. Oh my God. The stories that we would tell ourselves about (laughs) the boys in our life or like our studies or our future or. We just wrote everything up. Yes. Everything. And so one that one that I'm thinking about is that night when uh, Osama bin Laden was <laughs> at App State. And if you went to App during the, that year, you remember this. And it was just such a weird night. We were studying in my dorm. Yeah. But then we started watching An Affair to Remember or something when we should have been yeah, studying. I think that, that sounds right. We were distracted. <laughs> We were watching, which a fair to remember has some really great quotes. So it makes sense that we, these drama girls would. <laughs> what was it? What was our favorite? Uh, winter is cold. Winter. Wait, winter is long for those with no warm memories. Winter must be cold for those oh, with no nice. warm memories. Yes. <laughs> so good. That night when Osama Blan was killed and then everyone charged to the chancellor's house and like, shouted for him to give us a speech <laughs> I was like wait what kind of mentality is this that we're all just marching up a mountaintop to go to the chancellor's house and it was just like we heard the shouting like what's going on what's going on we're like asking people out the window and then we're like let's go down there and then we just like we had our backpacks because we wanted to make it look like we're going to the library but we had no <laughs> intentions of going to the library <laughs> What were we disguising ourselves as? <laughs> but why did and we were so, because we, like the Chancellor's house, we were on the like east side of campus. It was far. It was like the furthest west you could go up the mountain. And we walked all that way with like our heavy backpacks. It's like, why did we do this? <laughs> like, <laughs> all of that going on. But in the background, we were also planning to study abroad together. So yes. It was like, there was just so much drama happening <laughs> like at oh once. my gosh <laughs> in our dorm room in our heads and then the scene outside um but I just remember that night so much because it was it was like time stood still not because of all the stuff that was happening outside and politically but no that's when we made a pact that we would travel yes. together yeah I don't know what it was that because of this moment in time we're like I swear to you, let's travel. <laughs> like, I don't know what it was. We just, we always, I think we always wanted to make packs to each other. Like, I promise I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> well, we yeah. made a pack and I think we planned out, we're going to do this. We said, we're going to go to Paris. Oh, because of the. Oh, yeah. I to remember. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. We said we were going to travel and do all these things. 
and made a pact like yes. we're going to do this and all we do all we have to do is believe that we're going to do it like we're going to make it happen yeah it was our first experience of manifesting stuff yeah <laughs> and then two years later what happened the wait well <laughs> You know, I don't know if you're getting to the part where us being super dramatic about how no, I couldn't ahead. study abroad <laughs> because I had to graduate. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, we got to Yeah, that. and then, so we were, because yeah, we were like, literally, like I had paid the deposit. We both had paid. We were about to book tickets. And then ASU was like, Kelsey, no, we are not funding this like study abroad because you need to graduate. And I was like, what? Okay. So I remember we wrote dramatic letters to each other. I was like, I was like, Kiko, I can't go. Like, I have to graduate. <laughs> I, like, wrote this, like, sonnet to you. They were, like, like love letters. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, yeah. They were so, I don't even, I have to find them. Because they were so them. dramatic. Yeah. And it was just, like, my heart is broken. <laughs> like, I will not be able to go to England with you. <laughs> but, but the thing, the thing was... I had written you a letter and you wrote me a letter and we didn't know. We didn't know. And then we exchanged. Sat down and we said, I was like, Kelsey, I have something for you. And you said, but I have something for you. Yes. <laughs> we didn't like that though. We were so dramatic. And we exchanged letters. But so you couldn't, you found out that you already had so many credits and that you were going to graduate earlier by this whole experience of planning to study abroad. Yeah. So you might not have ever known I would have been like when were y'all gonna tell me like I didn't know like I was really clueless (laughs) but Mm -hmm. then we but we still I remember we still kept with our pact I remember us planning months and months Mm -hmm. that once I graduated the day the day after I graduated I flew out to Europe to meet you and then we traveled (laughs) so yes I love it I love it so you couldn't study abroad and meanwhile, I'm getting yeah. my orientation. I'm in the UK and at University of Sunderland. And then they're going through the roster and calling like all the people who are studying abroad. And then they say my name and they say, Kelsey Gowdy. And then everyone is waiting for Kelsey Gowdy to come to the front. And then everyone next to me is like, who's Kelsey Gowdy girl? Where is she? I guess she didn't show up. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there in my seat, like so sad. I was like, Oh she God. wanted to come. You guys, you don't here. understand. She's not here. Just, you didn't show up because of obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but like you said, after I finished, oh, it wasn't after I finished. After, yeah, because you like, papers yeah, to do. <laughs> um, after the winter break or something, mm-hmm. we met each other in Rome. Rome. Yeah. So we met oh. each other in Rome. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? I, I was, remember that. I was yeah. 19. You were 20. 20? Yeah, yeah you're 20. Yeah. Which is it's hilarious because this is before smartphones. Because we literally didn't set a plan of like where we should meet each other. And we were just like, we found each other like completely randomly. Because it was just like, we didn't say like, come here. Like you had a European phone at the time and I didn't. So this was like, I was just like, wait, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> but we found each other and it was so good. <laughs> We found each other in Rome, and I just remember getting to the taxi and then driving to our hostel and looking at you. And then we were like, "We did it! Like we did. We are. We are here in oh Europe. That we made this pact two years ago. And what took place during those two months or so of traveling 
that man, that was, that was some kind of magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, I'm just curious, Kelsey. So what are, I, we did a lot. We went to Rome and we went to, we, we went to spent Christmas in Poland with Magic and mm-hmm. his family. And then we did New Year's in Paris and we went back to England, but I, in Scotland as well. But I want to know what, because we all had different experience. We both have different experiences. So what are the moments for you? Um, if you can pick the major two mm. um, that really stood out to you from the angle of that really kept you during your time after that trip to really start thinking differently, maybe about your life or the potential mm. that exists in your life. And then what also did you learn about um, yourself as well? The biggest thing was just us in Rome because it really felt, cause this is also like, it's almost Christmas time. And so there really is not a lot of tourists and it just felt like we owned the city. Like we were just go out at night. We'd wander around these like ancient places and we would just be like, whatever, <laughs> like just running around. And it was so cold. I remember, but I just felt like anything could happen. I, that's what, that was our slogan because <laughs> we love that Ellie Golding song. And we were just like, anything could happen. And we were just, make the city ours we would go to like the fountain trivia like at night and eat gelato and there's no one there and it just felt like to be in these like places that have such history of like i mean ancient history and then even current history they like symbolize so many things and then just to be there with like no distractions of just like us experiencing that place it just was yeah it was it was really profound and it just felt like that's what life is. It's like finding these places that have meaning and just being in them and just like looking for the adventure. And yeah, I mean, we made everything an adventure. We made go to the grocery store and getting a three euro cake an adventure. And like, we made just like, yeah, everything felt special because we were being very intentional about that of like, this is, we were very present too. Like we weren't, I mean, this is also pre-smartphones. We couldn't really get distracted. <laughs> all that well so it was just like to be so mindful and present like that's what I love about traveling and Rome was definitely like that because we just had like a guidebook and uh and then we yeah just went like every day was like what do we want to do like let's do this and it's like okay let's find out where the heck that is and go and do it (laughs) and just to experience that and I mean I feel like that really changed a, a lot of the ways it changed my perspective on a lot of things because I mean after that trip that's like only a few months later, I moved to Washington. That was the first time I had ever moved out of North Carolina. And I like lived in a place I'd never heard of. No one, I knew no one except one person that I just happened to meet the summer before. And yeah, that just like that trip inspired me to be like, you can go and like seek out adventure and it can work out. I love that Kelsey. And I love what you, you highlight, highlighted about not having smartphones because I haven't really thought about that mm. and how, I mean, we've traveled a lot since that time and we've had smart smartphones and that de- definitely changes the experience of traveling. And I want, and I, I'm curious if we did have smartphones during that time, how that might have impacted our presence. It really changed because the smartphones really like they help you get around and that was the main thing but we were clueless we were lost all the time but that was the fun part because we would get lost and we like where the heck are we and then we would stumble upon like this like ancient ruin and we're like oh this is super cool like 
we wouldn't have found this or we wouldn't have seen this if we weren't lost, if we knew exactly where we were going. So I think the smartphones definitely could hinder that. And, but they are like, I mean, they're, they're super helpful if you need to go somewhere fast. <laughs> it can't be late. <laughs> um, but they're, they, I definitely love paper maps. And like, that's what we did in Rome. We just like wandered with paper maps and they were like the cartoony ones, like that aren't really to scale. <laughs> so we were like, um, I think it's over here. Like, we were like, I really don't know what this thing is. And- I learned that you were really good at maps because I just gave them to you. I was like, Kelsey, here's like, a map. I have no idea. <laughs> I could not. I was like, I don't know. I feel like you you can handle this. <laughs> so you really took over with the maps. You were really good at that, Kelsey. Oh, I was like, I don't know how Kelsey got us here, but really I loved it. it. <laughs> you yeah. made it. I don't think I realized, well, intuitively, how the connection between you coming back to the States mm. post-graduation after that trip and then um, making that big decision to go to Washington and, you know, doing AmeriCorps. We always had these seasons where we, we would coin something, uh, give it kind of a mantra. We were doing mantras yeah, we would before do mantras, mantras yeah. were yeah. And do you remember what that mantra was post the trip? Bold year. We said this is going to be our bold oh, yes. year. Yes. Yes. You did that. Yes. And, and I remember that would be my like banking password, be bold. Really? <laughs> Yes, yes. When I like moved, it would like change all my passwords to that, which they're not anymore, by the way. But preference that way. But yes, that was our mantra. This is going to be our bold year. Yeah. As and that trip was anything can happen. Yes. Hmm. There's there's so much in there, but I want to talk about, of course. I mean, magic spending Christmas in Poland Mm. with him, his Polish family, and just just I mean there. I'm, I keep saying I mean, because there's, there's so much yeah. that I could say about that time. And it is a time that I will always hold like so dear to my heart because it was really one of the best Christmases, travel experiences, cultural experiences that I've ever had. And it was probably the beginning of the kind of igniting that fire in me to really make intentional trips to see mm. people and not just places. Yeah. But also when we were in Paris and we stayed in that hostel and we met that guy who um, had lost his passport. Oh yeah. That was such a meet cute like moment because we never, we just spent the whole day with him. And then we never, we never exchanged information. It was just like, he was just a blimp in our time like oh. there but it was so because he was yeah because he had lost his passport so he was like stuck in Paris I think he was British and then we just spent the day with him and we wandered around because like, we were like bubbling with energy we were so excited to be in Paris <laughs> so we like we I remember just like going we we like v-line to the Arche Triomphe or the mm-hmm. the Eiffel Tower and I, I remember he said a comment or so how he was so happy that he met us because we really changed his entire trip or experience because he was really lonely when we met him. Yeah. It, we and were staying in a room. Like, mm-hmm. There were like bunk beds and it was just us two and him. We gave him those chocolates that we got from Poland, the vodka chocolates. Yes. <laughs> and then he started talking to us and saying how his family had to go back. And so he was stuck in Paris for a couple more days or maybe a week or so because he had to get his passport sorted. And we just invited him like, well, let's go out of the hostel. Let's just go see things. He was just so happy. When I think about that trip, I think about that time because 
it really shows you how community I feel like here we go again Kiko with community <laughs> but it really it really shows you how uh-huh. community is life-giving mm. right and also we talked about being present it's how you interpret a moment or what you do with the cards that are are handed to you you know that whole idea of making lemonade out of lemons and he embraced like these strangers wanted to hang out with me so we hung out and we just did so many random things throughout Europe and I wonder sometimes how many people remember you me Mm -hmm. listeners you're listening to this how many people remember you as a part of a blip in their story and how many times do they maybe repeat you the stranger that they met in their Mm -hmm. story and how you might have left an impact, an imprint in their life during a particular season. Oof, and that was that was one for me where I think about sometimes. Yeah, no, I love that. Because like a quote I like live by is that Maya Angelou quote, um, people will, remember, will never remember what you said or what you did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. So that's, I think about that all the time of like when you meet these people when you're traveling and just the impressions you can have, like you don't remember necessarily what you talked about or like the things you actually did, but they'll remember like, oh, I met that, like those two crazy American girls and they were such a laugh. Like we had so much fun just wandering the city. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, I think it's just, I really try to live my life by that. Of, I don't need to necessarily be remembered for doing great things, but I want to be remembered for making people feel good. Hmm. That's lovely, Kelsey. <laughs> and of course. And I, I hope that for myself too. And I'm sure everyone listening hopes that as well. That time was just so special. And then you went back to Scotland and I showed you where I, I studied abroad and where you would have been oh, if, you, yes. if it worked out, right? And then we went to London, had like a ball of a time in London. Oh my gosh, we did. And then flew back to the States. Most things you can't actually relive, but I would urge anyone who is listening to this like to really think about the memories or moments that you form with your friends and it doesn't have to be like going on a big trip abroad but I think to get out of your norm Mm -hmm. and to be intentional and go to another space and if you can maybe get rid of your your smartphones because I think that was a significant part in that experience and really just experience being with them together in that new place and there's so much magic that can can arise from that. I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but also I do want to add that it wasn't always just roses and oh, yeah. flowers because I was a drama queen <laughs> during that time as well. And there were boy troubles. Oh, oh my God. Because remember we were flying Ryanair. We were flying budget airlines everywhere. And so we had one suitcase that was always overweight. So we put all our clothes on. We put like so many layers. We were so sweaty. We'd be waiting. We'd be like three times our size. So sweaty, so hungry, so hangry, just standing in line. <laughs> I, that's what we always said was the traveling was the worst part just the place to place because we would just we'd be silent like or, or running through charles de gaulle airport in paris oh because we were almost late for our flight and we're like dragging all our we're literally running through the airport and then we oh, yeah right there on time to our flight and then we finally said a word to each other because we both didn't want to say that yeah we, we thought we were gonna like jinx it if we said something we're like we're gonna be late if we don't if we say anything <laughs> we're gonna be late <laughs> like we, have we, didn't, to want, we didn't want to say that we might miss our flight so we just kept it silent and then <laughs> plane we were like 
oh, I thought I was going to miss our flight. And then we were like, yeah, I thought I was going to miss it. <laughs> I thought we were done for. <laughs> and then we were like, I have nobody. To That's the thing. Yeah. Another flight. Because that was the thing that we would really be screwed because we had like no money. That's what, because that was another one of our things is we were like two broke travelers. Like, because we started out with a decent, like an okay amount of money. But by the time we were like, oh, we have nothing, nothing. I was like calling home, like, hey, you got like $10. (laughs) Can you help me? (laughs) Oh, like, I was like, did anyone send graduation money? Could you put it in, please? I need to get home. (laughs) That was, yeah, that that was magical hell. I don't know how we, we were not budgeting either. We were, we were balling. (laughs) We were balling and we were, we were not even balling on a budget. We like needed to, but. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. (laughs) We did a lot. There was, there's always um, that dichotomy that exists, right? Two sides, but of course, it was the traveling part that was frustrating. I think you, wherever you are, whatever space or whatever environment that you're in, that you really bring this, this energy of joy, of positivity, but not just, not like toxic positivity, because mm-hmm. you are very, you're a very whole person in the sense of your perspective and everything. So coming back, doing AmeriCorps, going to Washington, and then back to NC and then moving to Arizona and how maybe there were some bumps <laughs> along that way, along that journey. What stands out to you in that experience of maybe the, the turmoil of youth and having this mm. really high energy, romantic experience of Euro travels and then coming back to reality and then having to reshape your reality and make it and create your life what it is that you want it to be and so how did you do that like how did you get to this point now (laughs) (laughs) and what in that in that process was very poignant yeah because like the Europe trip was such a high and I remember when I got back it was just such a low because I was like back living with my parents. I had zero job prospects. This was also when Netflix was starting to become more of a thing. I just remember watching tons of Netflix and just being like, this is my life. Like I'm just watching people doing interesting things. I'm not actually doing anything. I had no money because we're Europe. I was like negative, like, you know, like nothing. And then uh, just like the friends I still had in North Carolina, I remember them like always like making me, they would like like, come on, you got to get out of the house. Like, I was like, I have no money. And they're like, come with me. Like, it's fine. And then just encouraging me like to like start looking for things. Um, and then I got an internship with the American dance festival. Samira actually, um, sent that my way. And I was like, Oh, this was great. And it was, that was a huge, that was a huge moment because that I had really never done too much with dance. Um, I mean, besides we met in the dance piece, I would like dance, do performances, but never really did anything like behind the scenes dance. And so um, for the American Dance Festival, I was an intern. And so I just got to meet tons of people from all over the world that were dancing. And I got to take like some dance classes, but then I also got to support like the actual like um, behind the scenes of people like doing, creating pieces, or I would help with performances, like do the tech and stuff. And it was just like super fun. It was very energizing. I feel like that's what happened in my life is I'd have these really high moments and then I have these like lows, but then a friend would pull me and inspire me or like send me something that would push me into another inspiration. And so then American Festival was that where I felt really inspired 
And I met my friend Chloe there and she encouraged me. She's like, I'm going to move to Washington. And I was like, like Washington state. It's like, that's crazy. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm curious about that. <laughs> and so I'd actually been applying for AmeriCorps positions. And so I decided I was going to apply to West coast AmeriCorps positions. Cause that was something I wanted to do. And then I got a job in Washington and I moved out there. I think it was like a two weeks notice kind of thing. That was the thing. It's like with my life, it's like, I'd always make decisions like really big decisions very quickly. Like when I was in Korea and I got the job at ASU, like I made that job and when I landed, I had to like put in my resignation. I had to start figure out how the heck I was going to get to Arizona, all that stuff. So I feel like in my life, I'd make these decisions very quickly and just go for it. The lows just happen when I'm just like feeling not inspired or I'm feeling like I'm not I don't have enough call. I just get in my head about stuff of like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not qualified for it. Or like, oh, like I, I really don't think I have the skill sets people are looking for, or I'm not that interesting of a person. Like I shouldn't go out there. And I don't know, like I just get in your head about stuff. And then I always, it's always back to relationships. Like my friends will pull me out of it or they'll send me something that makes me feel inspired about something. And then, yeah just sets me on a new course. So, I mean, that's, (laughs) it was kind of wild how the Europe trip really sent me on this trajectory of just like, let's go do different things. And then going to the dance, American dance festival in Washington. Then when I came back from Washington, I just worked at a restaurant for a little bit. That was another kind of low point, but it was also a good point. My friend, Nicole really encouraged me and she and I would like apply to jobs and we had the like set each other up be like okay you could do this like <laughs> like just like find something good and then I end up I was like actually I'm not finding a good job I'm gonna go to grad school my friends have really have stepped in in ways I never really like when I look back I'm like oh I did that because a friend suggested it I always put a lot of value and trust in my friendships they're in my lives because they also have like my best interests. They know the things I care about. So when people send me stuff, I'm like, oh, they, they know who I am. They know what I'm passionate about and they know what I'm interested about. So yeah, I'm going to follow this lead and see where it goes. Yeah. And that's how I ended up here in Arizona. <laughs> so in, in my previous episode with Toby, who you also know, because he went to App State, he talks about curiosity paths and how he didn't really follow a certain career path, but more so allowed his curiosities to lead him into purpose. Mm. And you mentioned earlier how curiosity is one thing that you really value in your friendships. And I can also see that or know that about you and your life and your career path and that trajectory of coming into your own as like someone who is very passionate about sustainability Mm -hmm. and how you've always followed your, your curiosities and your friends leaned in as well, because they know what you're interested in, but you were the one that took the next step to go and apply for it or to decide, okay, maybe grad school could be a good option for me. And I think that curiosity is so important and should be something that we can ask, we reflect on and ask ourselves, am I in a season that I feel really stagnant and, and why is that? Mm. And one thing that we can point to is, am I curious about new things, new people? Am I taking in an array of information as far as the different art that I'm digesting or perspectives, or am I just doing the same thing over and over again? And of course, that's not going to bring you new ideas or new opportunities. 
And so for you, Kelsey, you're, you've always been a curious person. And I just wanted to point that out because that is definitely a connection I can see from Toby's story mm-hmm. and yours as well, that led you into the career path you are now. And that is one where in university you studied anthropology and then kind of did, well, they're connected people and how mm-hmm. the environment relates, but now you're in sustainability, like your upbringing, growing up on, on a small farm and your family also being very sustainable naturally, I would say, mm-hmm. can you see now how everything might have connected for you from like your, your childhood to what is now that also never existed, a field of sustainable development or sustainability didn't exist when you were mm-hmm. a kid um, in, in that sense of what it is now. But is there anything from your upbringing or your childhood that has, that stands out to you now as you put the pieces together that, oh, this has made me a curious person, or I can see now why I value friendships or relationships so much. And I can also see why I'm so passionate about the earth and the environment. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's a a lot of things. (laughs) But no, definitely. I mean, the way I grew up, my parents really instilled a lot of key values. And I mean, some of them were to be like, um, to take care of our surroundings, to take care of the things we were given. And so, I mean, growing up on a farm or a homestead, if you will, which is a word I learned recently, which I was like, I like the sound of that, a homestead, uh, where my parents, I mean, we had a big garden, but it would mostly be for ourselves and then family. And then my parents would like give it to friends and stuff too. Um, But yeah, I just like, it's hard work to curate that stuff. I think I learned of the importance of making things. And that was like my first, like, um, like, first experience of what community is because my parents would grow all this stuff and then give it to our friends and family and so just seeing and then they would give us like maybe some eggs or something when we didn't have chickens or you know just this like giving and taking without really expecting anything but it was like I'm giving you all this please come over enjoy this stuff and then I'm expecting nothing and so I I, I feel like that to me is like my ideal like scenario <laughs> it's just like we give each other endlessly, we give things to each other endlessly and we don't really expect anything because that's just how it is. We know that things will be given to us. And so, I mean, that's, that was just instilled to me in a young age. And so what I did eventually study um, sustainability, it was funny because like talking to my dad about it, he was like, oh, so like you are now just learning like fancy terms for what you grew up doing. And I was like, yeah, basically. And I mean, that's what sustainability is. It's about taking care of people, planet, and then also thinking about like the business case scenario about stuff. The The work I do now is definitely influenced by all the stuff I grew up with and like, and and my experience in at app, like learning anthropology, like specifically what I do is in zero waste. I help run programs for people on how to reduce waste. So there is definitely a people centric thing and trying to figure out how people's behaviors and how to figure out how to make things easier for people to understand about how we need to reduce our waste. America consumes more than any other country and we aren't that big of a country compared to other populations. Um, So it's really important to think about where our stuff comes from and where it goes because oftentimes it will shock people where your waste goes. Just trying to make that intense information more digestible to people um, is something 
yeah, I try to do. And I definitely take influence from just the going back to the basics of things I've learned of like, people want to take care of something. I think at the end of the day, people do want to do that. And so just thinking about what my parents taught me from a young age and like what my friends and I all gain from each other, taking care of the things we love and finding value in that. And then <laughs> trying our, trying our darndest. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some practical things that we all could do maybe in our day to day? Because mm-hmm. I, this might be, Kelsey, you might shun me for saying this, but it's <laughs> controversial. And I know a lot of people feel this way about recycling. Okay. Right. When we were recycling our stuff in the United States, are they actually recycling our things? Or does it depend on your state or what? Because in my apartment complex, I separate my trash and we have like a specific bin for recycling plastics and stuff and then your trash, right? And so I do that. But then when the they're called the trash fairies, we just put out our door and they come and collect it. They put them all together at the same (laughs) are people actually recycling their stuff? Yeah. So that's a good point, Kiko. And that it happens across the country. That's definitely a thing where it'll, it's like an illusion where it either is happening or not happening. And, and I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if it was getting mingled together. Cause that just tends to be what things happen. And so unless you're like physically actually recycling it, most likely it's not. <laughs> it's just a lot of things don't get recycled in the U S that's something I've actually learned with my job at ASU of just how abysmal our recycling rates are and things can are very misleading for consumers it'll have a recycling label on it and it won't actually be recyclable so that's very confusing for people and so at the end of the day the things that people can do to like make things better and and I get it and I'm going to say this from a place of like I know it's that the corporations, they're the ones that really need to do things. But at the end of the day, I still feel like in my own life, I still want to do personal action and do the things I think I would like other people to do. Um, not just because like, I really feel like I'm making a huge impact with my one recycled bottle, you know, like just because I made sure that got recycled. But because I think it's important because all these actions kind of have verbal effects. So for all doing these small actions, it can be a huge impact. And so at the end of the day, it comes to reducing your waste. So if you look at what you're throwing away and you're like, oh, those things can actually, there's a reusable option to that. That's a big thing. Like for me, water bottles, living in the desert, it's huge. Like we have a water filter and I carry my reusable water bottle everywhere. And that like you're using, you drink a lot of water. So that's like tons of water bottles being saved. That's one thing that's really helpful. And then just think, I mean, about some of my favorite like waste gurus at the best things they say, it's not about what you buy, it's about like what you save. So like, think about the things you really don't need to buy. We consume so much in the U S so it's like, what, what things can you repurpose? What things can you reuse? And like, what can you stop buying like every day and just kind of try to make those changes. And it's very baby steps. Like I never want to like make anyone feel shamed (laughs) or about anything because recycling is so confusing. It's all led by corporations. They make it very confusing and, and they're the ones that make things like complicated and they need to address a lot of things. And I don't want, I don't think consumers should feel bad for the the things they buy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think we can only do what we can. And I think just recognizing what you're buying and how you're consuming and then try to figure out ways to consume a little less. Thank you, Kelsey. That's, that's very practical. Looking at it from an aspect of how can I reduce waste Mm -hmm. and how can I reuse things? And that makes way more sense. I, I think specifically living out of the country, Everyone else in the world recycles and reuses way more than the yeah. US. Like in Korea, oh. 
I would get fined if I did not separate my trash. I literally have to put my your food in the compost bin. Like, and they watch it. It's a camera. CCTV. <laughs> but in the US, I came back and I'm just like trying separating all of this trash. And then my family will be like, why are you doing all this? Kiko? It's gonna go. We're just putting it in the trash. Like, why are you buying expensive recyclable bags to put the recycled stuff in when you literally see the trash person just putting it all together? Ooh. And after a while, I was like, that is very true. They are. Doing <laughs> but what I do not do is I, I have not bought paper towels since I've lived in the States for three years. Dang. I only use napkins that I wash, like cloth yeah. napkins, and then also like the towels and rags. Every time people come to my house, they're like, why don't you ever have any paper towels? <laughs> it's so frustrating. What are your napkins or paper towels? And I'm like, is it here? And I give them like the reusable cloth napkins. So that is one thing. People That's who are listening who have been always ask me if you've been to my house and they're like, you go, where are your paper towels? Well, I am reducing my waste because I don't, why do we need paper towels? You know how many paper towels people buy? Like you yeah. use them so much. Totally. That's one thing, Kelsey. That's because of my, now you've impacted me. I always think like, oh my gosh, Kelsey is gone. <laughs> <laughs> so Kelsey Gowdy, let's get to the the nice part the beaming part of you're in Arizona yeah and you are been thinking about like your next steps in your life and in your journey in general because we're all thinking about like what we're going to do in our next seasons plus the galley know what I'm going to say yes go right there fell in l-o-v-e you fell in love oh I sure did yes you sure did and she is like blushing like oh my <laughs> but I'm so happy for you, especially since we've been friends for quite some time now mm-hmm. and have had our fair Ooh. share <laughs> Ooh. of heartbreak and drama and theatrics mm-hmm. and love stories that we thought would become life stories and things didn't work out that way. But you're, you're one person who has had such an interesting dating life. <laughs> I'm saying that in the best way because you have... Anyone listening, you can hear like, Kelsey, you have so much love to give and you give it like you give your love to anyone who will receive it. And even <laughs> if they don't, you're going to pour your love out on them, like to friends, to strangers, to acquaintances, like you're just a ball of love. And I think that is one thing that everyone can see if they're in your life. And so it's always so interesting, right? Because I'm sure if you're listening, you might think of, you might be your, you might be that way. Or someone in your life and you just think, I just, I, I really want them to find their person or right. Mm-hmm. Or have that, that, um, the thing that they're craving is their partner or whatever. And that was something that I know I'd have wished for you and all of our friends have. So to now see you living in, in that love and light and happiness and joy is just such a treat to be able to experience with you, <laughs> your journey to being where you are now and I want to know was it worth it it was worth it Kiko it was I think it took all that journey to figure out because when I met Owen like I knew exactly what I wanted <laughs> I knew what I wanted and I said it and was very open and you encouraged me I mean you're like a, you're like a you're a million things but you are really good at talking about relationships and giving people really good relationship advice because you gave me a ton of advice right when we were meeting 
And, and I just heard it right. I heard it like at the perfect time. And so, yeah, like when I met Owen, my expectations, cause I was like, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to move. Like, so I told him that like on our first day, I was like, yeah, I'm going to move. Like I'm not staying here. <laughs> and so, and so I was just very honest with it the whole time. And then I don't know, like we got on like four dates. And from then on, I was like, oh, this is really different. He is so different than anyone I've ever been on dates with. And I just felt so special and yeah I just like it felt it still feels like a dream and we've been together over a year and we say that to each other all the time like are you you're real like you're not like I'm not making you up like you're not just like a figment of my imagination you're like actually real and yeah so what was different about it I mean usually we're when we think of different obviously we're looking back and comparing it to things we've experienced in the past so what are some things that were green flags going back on that theme for you in in this relationship I mean I guess it's also things that we've talked about important that's important to friendships like Owen had all of that and like I could be I was completely myself which I've never really done (laughs) which is like funny to say but like when when you're on a date you want to give your best impression and so you don't necessarily like say like I'm going to move across the country and I'm going to leave this place that we're currently at and you don't I don't know I was just very honest about things right out of the gate and then he met that honesty with like open arms and was also very honest like he shared things right out the gate too and it also felt like he knew exactly what he wanted where I guess I just haven't dated a lot of guys that knew what they wanted and or they wanted something more casual I guess and that's just what it was I kept saying like oh this is like maybe just a summer fling (laughs) like I'm gonna meet I'm gonna meet this great guy and then I'm just gonna go move across the country and then I was like no wait he's I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stay (laughs) like I I like him too much I don't want to just leave Owen is one of those people that like you could just be entirely yourself yeah he just makes me feel like I'm like the coolest person in the world (laughs) even though I feel like I'm like the craziest person (laughs) oh my gosh I love that I love that for you and we love Owen Mm -hmm. so when I'm thinking about like relationships and how it happened for me or friends in my life how it's like suddenly then all at once yes and there's so much time where you're yearning for especially as you get older right Mm. and you're you're thinking about what is it that's all I want to experience this thing that people keep saying talking about like I want to see what it's if it's what it's cracked up to be did it feel like it was suddenly or did you kind of did it happen at at a pace I'm when I'm saying it I'm referring to like finding your person right or you know, who your person is right now has, was it a, a long, tumultuous, rough journey or was it like abrupt where an interruption almost uh, of, of life? I mean, I don't, yeah. And maybe a mixture of the both because where it was like, I always, I mean, me and you, like we used to talk all the time, like, Oh, like we would, be so romantic about anyone we were interested in and just gush about these strangers (laughs) and so I always always wanted to be in love I always wanted it and you knew that like (laughs) and just could never work it out like I thought maybe I was but then it just never was right there was something always like missing or there just wasn't yeah there wasn't as strong as like a I was like 
is this love? I don't know. Like, doesn't feel like it. But then I, I think I just was, <laughs> you said this, you would be like, when you're not looking like that's when it happens. And I was, I wasn't looking. I was literally just wanting to like get out there and go on a date just to say that I like have been, I at least am putting in the work. <laughs> like, and, and then I met Owen and it was just like, it, it came, it's like a total surprise of how he was and how we were together. Um, I didn't expect it. And then like, yeah, after a few dates, it was just like, oh, like this is very, this is, I think it, <laughs> like this is it. What I also want to kind of pull out of this experience, because I also think a lot of people might be in a season similar or in the season of waiting not well yeah it is waiting let's just be honest and say what it is a lot of times we're waiting for that person to come or to find that person because yes friendships and platonic love as we said are very beautiful but we can have multitudes in, yeah. in the sense of wanting and it's nothing there's nothing wrong with wanting that and I think mm-hmm. we're in such a place in society of be independent right like um, self-love, love yourself. And then once you love yourself then that person's going to come, I feel like that is a hundred percent, not usually the case <laughs> because when I met one J I wasn't this full person of like mm-hmm. the best I would ever be. And like not yeah. wanting anything, right. It, there's so much that there's no, there's no one way that a love story can go or how it can come. So for you in this season of being a bit older and wanting someone that you can build a life with in mm. this part of your life or to stay, is there, I, I imagine there's some difficult conversations that you, you might have to have as opposed to what you would have had if it was just like, you know, in your early twenties or early teenager. And then there's, there's this struggle of exposing too much too soon. And then also a struggle of, not laying your cards out Mm. elegantly in a sense of letting people know, like, you know, don't waste my time and I'm not here to waste your time. So how do you think you navigated? How did you navigate that? And did you have some tough conversations about, you know, your picture of what it would be like to be with the person you're with now? Yeah. I mean, I think after us dating and getting to know each other for like a month and also again you encouraged me (laughs) to have these like more harder conversations I made a list of all the questions I'd want to know from someone I'd want to like be with it was like everything from perspective of marriage kids like religion like what do you like see yourself moving around a lot, staying still, like what would happen when our parents get older? What happens like if something happens, like just talking about talking things out. Like, and I also learned this a lot from talking to Samira about how her and her husband, when they met, like the questions they asked each other of just like, let's get down to like the serious stuff, like of how we would handle ourselves in like less pretty situations. And so I wrote it all down. And then I just asked Owen one day, like if we could talk about it. And he's like, I was like, just like, just putting it out there. Could we talk about it sometime? And he was like, let's talk about it now. And I was like, ah. <laughs> and so I just asked him every question and I, he was so receptive to it. So I think it's also this fine line of like, Owen and I both want, we both wanted a relationship 
And I was putting it out there, like, this is what I wanted. And he was like responding to what I wanted. And then we saw eye to eye on so many things. Like this wasn't, this list wasn't like a make or break entirely. Like if he didn't answer all the questions right, I was going to be done. It was more so like, I need to know his perspective on these things because, or I want to know any potential partners like perspectives. And then like, yeah, we saw eye to eye on so many things. And I feel like if anyone's listening, that's also like, struggling to meet people, just having these ideas of things that you really care about, those questions that are kind of your make or break things, but also things that you'd want to work on with somebody. Like these are the things that are important to you. And you see this maybe being like a conflict in a few years for you, or like something you want to, you do want to live abroad in a few years. So like, that could be a major thing. You don't want somebody, if you're like dating somebody right now and they like have no interest in living abroad, but that's your dream. Like there's going to be conflict one way or another, whether you're giving up your dream or they're changing up their life. So it's just kind of having this like idea of what you want. And then I, I was going to, in my mind, I thought I was going to tell, like ask Owen these questions over the course of a few weeks or something, but we just got it all out at once. <laughs> so it worked out very nicely. And then from then on, it just felt, we felt so grounded in our relationship because we already had this like foundation of like, these are the things we value in our relationship and these are the things we want from our relationship and we saw like it was just that's what makes his like our relationship together so different and that's why we feel like we've been dating much longer than we have just because I mean 2021 is also a funky year <laughs> but then also the way we like had these more serious conversations really at the beginning of everything so we already had this core understanding of like I'm still getting to know you, but at, the, at your court, you said you were like this. So I'm going to see like that. You're like this, like, I'm going to look for that. And yeah, so far it's been picture perfect. <laughs> Ooh, I love how you like kind of ended that whole uh, reflection about you put it all out there. This is who I am. This is what I want. And you do it early on and you do that in the, in a way it's mutual. Yeah. Of course, you listen to what he wanted as well. Totally. And then if you do that early on, it's like actions speak louder than words. So then now you finally have something to look back on and say, okay, are they consistent? Mm-hmm. Their actions consistent with what they've told me about them. And then relationships are often, you do that fine dance of mm. not really exposing too much of yourself too soon, right? Or also holding back in some areas but giving what it is that you want them to see. Sometimes people do that. And that kind of tango mm. makes it difficult and takes longer for you to really know someone who they are at their core. Totally. And I just love that you just put it all out there. And this was like two months into dating. Or was it the first month? <laughs> it was <laughs> the first month. <laughs> it was the first month. Society also, I remember we talked about this, puts a lot of pressure on, don't be too forward. Right. Or don't be too, don't, don't do too much. Yeah. That's the whole expression. You're, you're doing too much, right. It's, it's too intense. And we can often get conflicting advice from people who might think like, yeah, this can be a little bit too much. Right. But in reality, if you're wanting to be with someone who's compatible, then don't you want <laughs> to do too much to see <laughs> to see if it's too much for them yeah <laughs> right yeah you should do too much <laughs> you're, you're not going to really change who you are people don't really change so easily mm-hmm. so it's better to to save time especially when time is of the essence for us as we we grow and mature so thank you for sharing that 
Kelsey oh. so, so vulnerably. Um, and I'm, again, I'm just, oh, I'm just so happy for you, Kelsey. <laughs> I really am. It, it fills me with so much joy and to see that you're so happy and love the way that you want to be loved and the way that you love. And thank you, Kiko. This is a nice way to go into the final segment of the great school of life. (laughs) These are rapid fire questions, as you know, because you've heard every episode. So hopefully you haven't memorized a lot of them by now, but I'm going to put in some new ones. (laughs) Um, So yeah, you know, the deal answer within a sentence or less what is one book that has changed your perspective on life I am gonna name a book that or an author that's already been mentioned Eckhart Tolle you actually recommended this book and it's A New Earth on the flip side of that what is one book you can only give one book to myself and listeners Mm. one book that they have to read before they leave this earth well okay I'm gonna give a book that I already know you've read (laughs) but everything illuminated by Jonathan Saffron Floyer because it's about finding meaning in the chaos like that guy tracing his roots and finding yeah meaning and beauty and very odd things have happened what is one piece of wisdom that you've learned throughout your travels that you now carry with you into your day-to-day I mean, well, traveling with you is like traveling with a poet <laughs> because you say so many things that, and they stick with me and they make meaning for the travels. So when you said the quote of like, live to the point of tears, I, that just like what that means to me has, I think about it all the time of like, I want to live life so like that I'm so present and so aware of everything that's happening that it like brings tears to my eyes of like the beauty of it all. So that's that's the thing that's a piece of wisdom and it's of course it's from you <laughs> that's not for me that's from Albert Camus that's not for but, but yes but you know indirectly I got it from you dang it and these beautiful excerpts and quotes I'm I need I wish I wrote this stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I wrote it but I love that I love oh I lo- I'm elaborating but I love lift your live to the point of tears experience everything beauty and terror mm-hmm no feeling is final. And I love that, like the tears of experiencing the joy and beauty of the moment, but also the opposite of that sadness, the grief, like live that you're not putting some type of filter over your feelings of your true experience, but being fully present and alive. And that is what gives the different paint colors, adds different colors to, to life and that vibrancy. Yeah, I love that, Kelsey. (laughs) Love that. So, what is one belief that you once held so deeply, but now you've changed your mind about? I feel like a lot of things have changed in the past few years, but for me, I guess it's like the value of work. And I used to, yeah, my complete, my mind is completely changed on what work is and what it means to work. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Hmm, I like that. So. You get a chance to create one law or rule that everyone has to abide by all over the world, all of humanity. So what would that be? Oh, oh my gosh. That's a crazy question. (laughs) This day and age, maybe it's like a, this is the law. Like when you are like in your youth, I think Germany actually does something like this where you have to like do a service thing, but basically it either be like, like that youth have to go abroad 
they have to go abroad somewhere <laughs> and they have to work a service job. So like work at a restaurant or some type of customer service. So I feel like doing those two things completely changes your interaction with people. You have so much more empathy if you have worked a service job or that's my opinion, if you've like truly connected with a customer who's screaming at you for no apparent reason, and you have gone abroad, like it completely changes how you interact with people. From Wabi Sabi by Beth Kimpton, she says, in literature, haiku moments are when it feels as if time itself is winking at us. We're completely immersed in an experience, unbothered by past or future, completely present in the moment. What is a haiku moment that you've had recently, Kelsey? Mm. Okay, so I did think about this a little. (laughs) And the first thing that came to mind, and I was like, you know, that was, this is it. It was when we had our App State reunion in Boone in June 2021, because it was like we had all been vaccinated. We'd all been together, all of us, like that went to App that like did like ASA stuff and you know like that group of friends were together in a room for the first time in I don't know how long I mean of course we're missing a few key people but them like the fact that so many of us could come together and we were so present with each other I feel like I it's like I don't even remember like all the things we did but we were just like in that house together and yeah, just like the camaraderie of it all. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was a special time. We just, I feel like we just poured our hearts out to each other about the past few years and just really connected and in a way we hadn't done so in so long. So that moment, that trip was just like so special. And that was definitely a wabi-sabi moment. Mm, I agree. I mean, we were there together, so I can say it, it was my yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but It's yeah. like, if there is the definition of coming of age and like, mm-hmm. you know, those type of films or YA books, but it felt like the culmination of, we were at app, we were the place where we started, where mm-hmm. our, our, our whole relationship, all of us in that room where it started together collectively and to be able to see how much life has passed. It was like over, almost over 10 years. So it's literally <laughs> was like a 10 year reunion. It was. And to see how people are married, people are not married, people are have children, people have moved across the world, country, and have just changed so much. And mm-hmm. to be present, as you were saying, and celebrate that growth and change in everyone and not hold it against anyone for mm-hmm. having changed and not being the same person that they were when we met. And I love, I love that. I, I love that. It was that such was, a special time. Oh, it was such a special time. What is something that you are trying to let go of in this season? That you can't do everything in the sense of like, you have all these books you want to read, all these films you want to watch, all these places you want to go. And it's kind of just like living in the reality that you probably won't be able to do all of that. And just kind of letting that go. And not in like a, I'm letting all those dreams go up, but like, uh, like focus on the things you, you really want to do. See how many of the things you can do and, and not be like this, like, oh, you got to do this, 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 like not be so like, oh, I read 30 books this year. Or it was like, no, I read two really meaningful books. Like I did it. Cause I can't, I tend to do that. Like, oh, I want to see how much I, how many places I could go, how many things it's like, no, let's focus on how many like 
let not, not, not focus on the how many, but let's focus on the, the thing you actually experienced. Like you did do this trip, you had this reunion, you had this connection and you read, or you read that book that really changed your perspective on this thing, or you learned about that and really focus on the what it is as opposed to the amount because I feel like I'm like oh like I've always been wanting to take and take and like like learn so much and I that's fine and all but I'm getting to this point where it's like I have to let go that I'm not going to be able to experience all these things and really just appreciate the things I do get to experience Mm. quality over quantity yes (laughs) we love it going back to the brave year but now it's 2022 what is the mantra the title that you're, you're going to give yourself in this next phase of your journey. So it can't be be bold again. No, you can't. If you can't. No, and I think if anything, it was focused and spicy. Like I want <laughs> to have focus in my life. Like I've met the person I want to be with. We want to create a life together, but like really what that, what does that look like? What focus can I put onto that? But I also still want to be spicy. Like I want to have that zest in my life. I want to seek that out. And so I want to have focus and like find ways to put that into my everyday. Well, Kelsey, I wish that for you and I will hold you accountable in that. Yeah. In IRL in real yeah. life, I will uh, make sure you're focused. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure you you got the spicy handle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my kindred soul, spirit, sister that I always imagined I could have if I would have a sister. People mm-hmm. say that, right? You're the sister that I wish I had, but you really are. I'm so jealous that Bobby has you as his actual sister. <laughs> but you know, I there's just people that you don't know what your life would look like without them because Mm -hmm. it would be completely opposite of the way it is now. And I would 100% say that that is you, Kelsey. If you were not in my life, I would be lost. (laughs) I would would not have done half of the things that I've done. And I would not have the courage and the confidence and the love and the joy. So Kelsey, you, you are... You are everything, really. Oh, my kindred. That I, I mean, it's like you're saying the words I would say to you. <laughs> because, I mean, you're, yeah, you completely, since we've met, you've completely shifted my life and inspired me. You've made everyday poetry. <laughs> oh, Kelsey, love you. I love you. Thanks for being here. That was an absolute treat. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it or learned something new, make sure to pass it along to someone else in your life. Remember, you don't just live a life, you can create it. Why not make it colorful?